<laughs> nice deep breath to start. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Did did uh, did you see what uh, kind of the beef between AMC theaters and Universal Studios? Nope. Um, so Universal announced that they were going to be doing a like their own online streaming service, or basically like direct to home, mm-hmm. um, skipping theaters with a bunch of their movies. Maybe all of them. I don't remember all the details. Um, but then AMC basically came out and announced like this is like detrimental to the theater business and uh they basically said we will not be playing any universal studios films in our theaters and amc is the biggest uh theater chain in the world dude well i mean if it's like universal is doing the streaming deal then it's kind of like amc's like hey you're not going to give us any of your movies to play? We won't play any of your movies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which, But I don't know if it was like Universal was saying, like, we're not putting any movies in theaters. Or just like... Some. Yeah, I'm not sure. But either way, like, theaters might be... Dude, I already knew theaters. After, well, they were already going downhill. But going out. there's still a lot of people that like, myself included, there's certain movies I like to see in theaters. Like there's something about it, like, unless you have, like, top-of-the-line home theater I set mean, up, it, like... Yeah, it's... It's not the same. Like, 20 bucks to go see something that you could pay $8 yeah, a month to well, watch. Well, no, a bunch of the direct-to-home stuff, they're charging $20 to purchase the film. Like, there's not even a renting period in the beginning. So, like, Trolls, the new Trolls movie, they did that, and it was $20. Yeah. Um... Which, but they like, but then it's yours. Had like hundreds of millions of sales, um, right off the bat, which is cool. Like, Whereas so for families or like a household, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And you can watch it as many times as you want. Yeah. But the thing is, the th- even the theater business was going to like a subscription model. Like, I was talking to my parents the other day. Yeah. And they, they're like, they pay for the all access, like Regal thing or whatever it is. Yeah. And, like, they're like, dude, if theaters don't come back, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, gotta cancel that yeah. sub, dude. It's kind of unsubscribe. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. But whatever. There's some new, a bunch of new movies kind of on hold right now. Like I think the James Bond movie is. Yeah, pretty much every movie is yeah. on hold. Unless you're. Unless it was, like, already. Yeah. Already finished. Yeah. I imagine some editing stuff can be finalized like, yeah there's but. there's still movies coming out but they've been significantly reduced mm-hmm. weird times man weird times what's really gonna be affected is like next springs oh yeah films. there's gonna be, big, there's, there's gonna be like little, nothing yeah coming out next spring yeah for sure crazy a bunch of the like live tv shows got put on hold too like Mm -hmm. uh, all the singing shows they're looking at if they can get back into so like for example the voice i think was just about to go to live shows and now they're like we're looking at possibly doing live shows but without a live audience yeah (laughs) i was like that's kind of the whole like point of that that like segment of the show but yeah people 
being like, yeah, we love you. And the judges were like, red button. <laughs> Everybody's like, boo. And then the judges rescind their decision. Well, that's not quite how the voice works, but... Yeah. yeah well, it's they're job. all the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Basically. Uh, all right, well, I think we got a bit to talk about today. Should we get into it? Yeah. All right, let's do it. That's at 4.23. And welcome to the Uncovered Podcast. My name is Joshua. And my name is Kendall. We're here to talk about our journey. Let's get into it. How you doing, bud? <laughs> doing good, man. Doing good. Oh, well, in case anybody couldn't tell by the title, we're here to talk about porn, sex, and other drugs, family. Yep, that's what we're doing today. Doing the dirty. No, that's not what we're doing today. The birds and the bees. We're just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There, there's kind of this, like, difficult line i feel like we want to walk today in that this is a super serious topic in the fact that it's also it affects, a really fun topic it affects, too. it affects everyone it's true oops <laughs> you stop oops. interrupting me <laughs> oh man it's the best anyways uh praise the lord um but uh we also we also are pretty goofy light-hearted individuals so and yeah. we don't want this to be a heavy, yeah. heavy thing. I think there's something that needs to be talked about more and addressed in culture. Yeah. And it is interesting. I was having a conversation with some people last night, and we were talking about how this topic and conversation is coming up more and more in culture, mm-hmm. which I think is a really positive thing and a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely something that needs to be undressed in uh, <laughs> culture and in the church specifically yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more. Would you say it needs to be uncovered? uncovered. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, dude, we'll see if we get uh, get anything serious talked about today. Oh, oh dude. Dude. It's the best. Dude. Bro. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's very sensitive. Yeah. Um, But also... You, there's people who get very uptight about it and like nervous when they talk about it and their hands start sweating and they, they're their like knees oh, get like, weak oh, do their God. arms get heavy yeah they just don't know what to say and, yeah. and they're uh, end up just vomiting all over their own sweaters <laughs> <laughs> oh dude all these references we make there's like yeah, well, yeah, just there's, just, there's a lot of people who Yeah, 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 totally, totally. In the grand scheme Dude, of things. It's too warm in here. I'm going to take off my sweatshirt. Bear with me. All right. Me. Take All off right. your sweater, bud, I guess. I need to uncover. <laughs> yeah. Get halfway undressed. Ooh. Oh, dude, you're wearing a long sleeve under that? And it's, ooh. Yeah. I was... Yeah. I wanted to feel cozy, which well, I was. I was comf. Got cozed up, brother. Yeah, whatever that means. Cozed up. Yeah. So, let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. 
Where where would you like to start? We and for for those of you that are listening, uh, we wanted this conversation today to feel as um, eh, real as possible. Agreed. Um, there's uh, sometimes in certain conversations we have some things written down that we want to address or talk about or whatever. But today we really just wanted to have a conversation. And the reality is, like, this is too big of a topic in a discussion to think we can cover all of it you know what i mean like in an hour long hour hour long conversation and so if nothing else we would you know love it if this conversation is even just a catalyst for yeah for more conversations for you with you know the people in your life or the people around you so agreed agreed Agreed, yeah we just kind of decided to shoot from the hip today boom like that's not what we normally do well it's true but um today's a little bit more so also i feel like there's going to be so many opportunities for amazing glorious buns to be made yeah i've already <laughs> held back from saying oh, a couple things that um you know i don't i don't want this to be like a all jokes chi- yeah a childish conversation like we can't be serious about it at all because it is a serious thing and i think like the oh, reality is siri again <laughs> No, it didn't trigger. I just got a notification. Oh, it went. It went. Oh, did it? Yeah, the little Dude, voice thing. I need to turn that off. Siri uh, invaded my uh, message. I was recording a sermon the other night. Yeah. And you were sitting there, and it just got into it, and like five minutes into the sermon, Siri triggered on my phone and my iPad, which yeah. I was reading my notes off of. At the exact same time. Yeah, it was annoying. Yeah. But, um, Had to restart. Mm hmm. But. Anyway, all serious jokes aside, or all Siri <laughs> jokes aside. <laughs> Too much, man. Um, we, all serious jokes aside, that's kind of an oxymoron. Oh, definitely. Maybe I'm an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, the different qualifications of morons. But what is an oxymoron? We're probably one of them. It's probably a bullheaded idiot. <laughs> So dumb. So dumb. Oh my yeah, God. you're probably right, though. You're probably right. Oh. I mean, that wouldn't be the definition in the dictionary, yeah. but maybe on Urban Dictionary or yeah, something dude. like that. Um, which, don't go search something on Urban Dictionary. Don't search your own name. Yeah. Crying out loud. No, it, it says, I'm the hottest girl in the class. Exactly. Pretty sure I'm not a girl. It says that I'm a massive playboy and... I, I saw that I saw that when I was a kid, or not a kid, but like a teenager. I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. That's a big fat joke. Yeah. I was, I'm like looking back and I'm like, God, dude, I was... If you see pictures, if any of you ever see pictures from my past, Lord uh, willing, that will never happen. But I... I've seen a few. Should I leak them? You look... I, I look like... Your absolute most stereotypical uh, frat boy douche. Yeah. Yeah. God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've turned me the other direction away from frat boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm just... No, 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 no. It's not true. It's not true. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, kind of along that vein, we both... Um, both kind of had some a season of our life where yeah. we walked through some of that stuff. Um, I'd love to uh, 
go back um we were we were josh and i were chatting earlier and you know kind of praying through we obviously um like we kind of said this is a you know somewhat sensitive topic for people i think um but we we strongly believe that it is one that needs to be discussed it needs to be talked Mm -hmm. about and um, we want to be you know vulnerable and sharing some of our story um and some of what we've walked through and been through and i think probably the best starting point would be uh porn that would yeah because i think for both of us that would uh, that's where kind of kind of things started and i think for most people that's where unfortunately any form of sexual brokenness usually begins outside of situations where there's you know abuse Mm -hmm. or things like that oftentimes it's some introduction to to pornography and unfortunately we live in a time where it's so readily available and so readily pushed and yeah yeah i mean like we were watching that uh, i had just seen an article a friend sent me of uh it's like nine different celebrities that have uh recently op- like openly spoken out against pornography and we were watching a russell brand video and he was talking about even the fact that it's so invaded our culture that you know even like advertisements on TV, like middle of the day, are like literally soft core porn. Mm-hmm. You know, for they could be advertising anything, but you know, it's it's so invaded our culture and become so available to people, um, and in a lot of ways, uh, often talked about like it is no big deal, and there are yeah. no you know no repercussions and whatnot and. Uh, we can both speak from personal experience. That's definitely not the case. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you want to start? Or you uh, want, you want me, yeah. You want to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Lay it all out there. Yeah. Um, well, let's. <laughs> let's just let's just tell oh, a little man. bit about the story. Yeah. Um, so I, see, where do I begin? Back in 1998, (laughs) um, I was, uh, so when I was a, a kid, I, I don't remember specifically everything, but I was introduced to sexuality and and different things at an extremely young age when i was five um in pre-k i was yeah i was in pre-k uh, in africa and um i lived an extremely sheltered life of, as i've said before there's a difference between sheltering and protecting and and um i know we me and isaiah and kendall had gone into that a little bit uh, a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. but I lived a very sheltered life, and uh, sex, sexuality, uh, all that stuff was completely avoided, pretty much in my house. Um, if if it was ever like alluded to in anything, or, or like a joke was made, uh, you know, my parents would laugh. We'd all laugh, and then and then. Uh, when we'd ask, like, oh, what does this mean, or whatever, uh, the answer was always, you'll find out about that when you're older. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the case for most people. Uh, yeah. It's kind of uh, 
parents, you know, they didn't know how to talk about it. They avoid it as long as they can. And then they hand you a book by Dr. Dobson when you're 12 years old that uh, med- talks about the medical aspects of sex mm-hmm. and sexuality. And it's presented almost as like a um, a medical operation or procedure yeah. that you go through. And there's no emotion or, or feeling or any of that stuff attached to it at all. And then you combine that with the fact of a lot of people experience and discover pornography at a super young age, which I was, I think I was like 11, hmm. back when dial-up connection was a thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I uh, came across a pornographic website. I was literally on online searching like guitar lyrics and like... Um, you know, how to play these different songs mm-hmm. from like Newsboys and Jars of Clay and, you know, Stephen Chris Chapman, all these bands that I listened to. And so I was, I was searching for those. And then, um, there was, I went to like click over on something and there used to be, and there's still kind of, it's, but like these advertisement bars on the sides yeah, yeah, yeah. by the scrolling deal. And, um, so I went to go scroll and dial up all that stuff, clicked on the advertisement, and it took me to a uh, a, a website called sex.com. And that was my first exposure to pornography. And um, then I started, I, I was like super curious about it because, you know, I'd read the book, Dr. Dobson's book and everything, and it was like very confusing and etherical and like way out there and like used all these medical terms and stuff. And I had no idea what any of it meant and there was no discussion, none of that. And so my actual, like all my questions that that book raised, it seemed like this website could answer. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I went and for my answers. And then it just became something that, um, you know, I just go to. Yeah. And, so, that was, you know, age 11 to, you know, basically 10 years, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it then it took me years to even walk out freedom from that Yeah. on top of that. So, yeah, yeah it's and I'm still, like, I, I still, every now and then it'll be, that temptation shows up. And oh, yeah, for sure. I still have to make that choice mm-hmm. to... Uh, to say no or, uh, you know, give in whatever the case is. I yeah. still have to make that choice. And so it's a real, it's a very real thing. And the, the consequences that I experienced from that were, um, I felt completely isolated mm-hmm. from people and, and society and Christianity. Cause it was always like, I had this dirty secret that if anybody knew about it, I'd be completely yeah. rejected. Mm-hmm. And I had to keep it hidden. And nobody ever talked about it. It was always this taboo subject. Yeah. And there was so much shame and guilt attached to all of it um, that I could never bring anything out into the open. And so that was like at the beginning. And then I sort of accepted it a little bit and, um, you know, went to the military and like pornography 
is like a way of life and sex is like a way of life. And so Mm -hmm. that's really where I started to be like, experience all of these things and like, like experience like sexuality and, and different things that I'd watched for years online, uh, secretly. And it honestly, I didn't view women as worth anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it wasn't my choice that way. Like it was just, it is the way it was. It was all about me. Everything was all about me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't do, like, my DNA and my wiring was like, everything was all about me. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even break out of that, even when I got in a relationship. And I essentially, I believe that that uh, ended our relationship because of, um, my wiring and, and the way that, that I had wired my brain and mm-hmm. and everything through pornography. And I will say I never was like somebody who was addicted to it, but I was somebody who um, was addicted to the um, feeling of, of validation that I experienced mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. Um, but it was like so when i was when i was uh, in my relationship i didn't watch any porn at all yeah and so that that's kind of how i know i was li- never like an addict to it but i was addicted to this feeling of i need to be satisfied yeah and it's because i had absolutely no idea about my value and i had no idea hence about anybody else's value and so all of us were just objects yeah all of us were just um you know experiments and medical bags of meat that were mm-hmm. you know colliding in the night as it were <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then uh, yeah i mean it's it's literally how how it how it was cuz you completely detect like you lose all connection to the emotion of sex you lose all connection to mm-hmm. um the essentially what it was created for and i love what russell uh brand 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 yeah, yeah talked about when he said that um sexuality is the physical but it's much more the emotional and the spiritual and so how you interact with sex affects all three of those aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, pornography is an intimacy killer. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say, like, um, you know, because people argue that whole thing that porn isn't isn't addictive, uh, but it is addictive because it yeah. rewires our brains and releases. So for so, someone, it might just be the physical pleasure of yeah. masturbation associated yeah. with porn, or it might be the feeling uh, like that false sense of connection yeah or whatever or um, the gratification the self-gratification of it or whatever it might be that you know we become addicted to whatever the point of pleasure is yeah exactly in that and so yeah and I, i do want to say as we're as we're sharing some of our story and talking about this um that uh none of our story is we're not wanting to share this to um we're not blaming our parents or our parents' generation oh, or anything like that. We're not saying, 
like, man, uh, if you guys would have done better, we wouldn't have made these choices or yeah. whatever. Like, I don't think that's the case. Like, I had amazing parents who I knew I was safe, like, could have talked about this stuff, whatever. There were choices I made along the way yeah. um, that were influenced by a number of different variables, and none of that really matters. The reality is there's a generation in a world today that's addicted to pornography. Yeah. That, like, I mean, many of the stats say like pornography is just as rampant in the church as it is outside of like there's no difference yeah. right like this is something that's touching all people like our people <laughs> and you know i think it's really really important that we talk about it and discuss it and actually have honest conversation and you know is a saying that it's always talked about like you know we as, as sons and daughters uh, if we you know walk this journey out that like our parents ceiling can become our floor yeah. and i think that you know that applies even to this conversation that you know we can we can change some things generationally that you know maybe our parents didn't know and you know like it wasn't a conversation they had with their parents and you know this goes back that mm -hmm. and you know we i think we've even talked about before one of the reasons uh, this issue isn't as bad or hasn't been historically as bad in uh, uh, Jewish culture is because sex was something that was talked about yeah. and was a central part of culture. Like, there, you know, there was a practice back in the day that, like, when a everyone would go to a wedding, they would actually have a, like, tent in, in like, basically the middle of the party and they would consummate the marriage mm -hmm. in this tent with everybody around. Like, they didn't kick the kids out and be like, you guys go somewhere else yeah. or whatever. Like, it was a central part of their culture. And they would, like, I, I, I want to say they'd throw the sheet over the edge of the, like, tent or covering or however it worked to signify that, hey, like, this is done, this marriage has been consummated. And so sex was a integral part of their yeah. culture and how they talked about it and discussed it. It wasn't a taboo thing in the back closet. And so it removed some of the shame off oh, of yeah. even just a conversation. And so you see like, you know, I don't, I don't have all the statistics and stuff, but um, it's some fascinating things to look at that, you know, I think it's, it's just important for us and for our generation to like, we need to talk about this. And we see it ramping up, like we said earlier, in the positive, but also in the negative as well, that like the porn industry itself has been pushing big time that like sex, you know, all this hashtag like sex work is still work or like mm -hmm. all this stuff. And like, because they're seeing as the rise in conversation happens and people are actually waking up to the fact that this is not a good thing. They're yeah. wanting to protect their, you know, their money and their industry. Yeah. And, you know. It's a conversation we need to have. And yeah, exactly. And I also do want to say thank you, Kendall, for um, jumping in on that the whole, with the whole parent thing. Like, I, I know for a fact my parents did what they could with what they had uh, available to them. And um, they did what they knew how to do, and they, and they did the best that they could. Um, yeah. You know, with the information and the and the availability of conversation at the time. Mm -hmm. And I know for both of us, yeah, there's always, like, you can always do better. There's always more. But um, the reality of the situation is 
um, they did they did good. Yeah. No, totally. And so. and they had no idea. Yeah. That the moment we get to the age where you know puberty happens and these start, things start awakening, that oh, around the same time, the internet was going to become widely available with the smartphone. Yeah. You know, starting in like the early mid two thousands, right? And so. Like they had, they had no idea all this stuff was coming. Where for them growing up, it was like you had to go to a rental store, mm-hmm. or you had to, you know, get some magazines from somebody. Is it yeah. a different time? And like, you know, that's okay. Like we're not. It's it's pointless for some sort of blame game. Mm-hmm. And for anybody that is addicted or has been, you eliminate your power in the situation when you choose the role of a victim. And so don't don't allow yourself yeah. to be like uh, as, as a victim to this or whatever. And e- even if I don't want to downplay, like you know, if you if you went through like sexual abuse or being molested or anything like that, like like my d- my dad was, and he shared his story before. But like even if you were a victim in that sense, don't identify as a victim as yeah. who you are. Because you eliminate and take your own power away yeah. to actually step into freedom in the situation. And so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my parents didn't know that I was, you know, five years old, molested by a classmate. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. There's conversations that just didn't happen. And, you know, we as kids, the enemy tries so hard the moment anything like that happens, he immediately piles mm-hmm. on shame to keep us from having a conversation. Exactly. And to keep things hidden. And I mean that that was me. Like I see I, I was thinking back, you know, as we were I knew we were gonna be having this conversation. Um think for me I was around it was like middle school mm-hmm. age. Um and uh just like a simple Google search, I can't even remember what prompted it. Well, I was like, I was like, wow, girls are hot. Like, I wonder if there's hot girl pictures online or something. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it was like just an intentional search. And then, you know, I think it started with like bikini pictures or, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, and just led down this rabbit hole of, you know, then being addicted to pornography for yeah, like you know, 10 years or, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever it was. And, um, it started with a simple thing like that and like then the shame piling on and not having a conversation with my parents or my friends or you know and then it's you're you know you're in it for months and then year and then years and you're like well what why would I talk to somebody now like you know what I mean you feel stuck you feel defeated you feel like you know People are going to be like, well, why didn't you say something sooner? And like yeah. all this stuff, and you begin to justify it. And then, you know, before I knew it, I was in high school and, you know, addicted to pornography and masturbation. And like all of a sudden, it's like, well, there's like girls around me that are just like attractive interested now me, and yeah. interested yeah. in me. And, you know, I'm interested in them. And, you know, yeah. one thing leads to another. And you're like, you know, I'd always told myself I wasn't even going to kiss a girl until I got oh, married. Same. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I had my first kiss. Like, well, yeah. so that's kind of out the window. Like, you know, one thing leads to another. It's it's rarely a giant leap from zero to 100. It's often, you know, it's that, you know, frog in boiling water analogy. Yeah. 
that things slowly heat up and you become comfortable with it and okay with a little bit and then you know one thing leads to another and I mean that goes even with pornography like the porn industry has had to get gnarlier and gnarlier yeah because what once satisfied some sort of longing or craving in people no longer will because we become numb to it and like that's that's the reality of like us chasing pleasure and us chasing gratification that like we will never be satisfied outside of Jesus like fully truly yeah. satisfied and yeah man it's a is is it is a painful you know brutal pattern and cycle and um man my heart my heart breaks for a generation that has become so accustomed to it and so okay with it and like yeah i mean there's i want i want you to know there's no shame in yeah. any of this like the truth is like we've all been impacted by it in one way or another and you know it's 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 important for us to have a conversation and to talk about it and yeah i mean that's that's what i want that even out of this podcast episode you know even if it is like you just i i need to talk to somebody about this i need to i need to be open be honest and i mean that was the hardest step for me like it took see i would have i was out of high school in my first year of the ministry school when i finally openly admitted that i was addicted to pornography yeah so that was what like too long time set seven eight years nine years maybe even i don't i don't know yeah like <laughs> it's a long time yeah to to have that inside and you know be covered in that shame and the guilt of it and yeah. yeah yeah and it's something that there's moments of breakthrough over and over and over again and you might think like oh yeah i'm free and then you end up going back to it and so even just the recovery process is years long too like in an amazing community with like being fully accepted and talking about it being open being supported being you know encouraged having encounters with god like even that's it's it's you know a journey mm -hmm. a long journey and i don't also like if you're feeling like oh well i'm not somebody who you know one of the two percent of humanity who's not dealing with pornography or whatever there's other things guarantee there's other things mm -hmm. yeah. humanity was made to be addicted mm -hmm. we were we were created designed wired for addiction and it's where we place our uh, attention like we were talking about mm -hmm. that determines our addiction and there's th good things to be addicted to working out you get addicted to working out mm -hmm. like uh, healthy eating. You can get addicted to healthy eating, like uh, the presence of God, reading your Bible, di uh, discipline, spiritual, moral, physical disciplines. You're, you can become addicted to these things, and they're good things to become addicted to. Yeah. You, were, you were made for that. Mm -hmm. But 
then there's counterfeit. Mm-hmm. There's always a counterfeit for something that's good. Yeah. Uh, you were cre- created for sexual addiction. Like it's one of the primary functions of humanity and and creation in general mm-hmm. is procreation and connection. Yeah, God said, "Be fruitful and yeah. multiply." Like we were commanded to do this. He wired us. Yeah. To want it, to enjoy it. Yeah. But he understood. The power of it. The power of it and that this is safe and beautiful and good in the context of covenant. Yeah, exactly. And that's where we've, like, pornography can never be a thing inside of covenant. Yeah. Like, it isn't. (laughs) Yeah, because it's connected to shame and isolation. Yeah. Like, I can, the only, I was, I've never, well, actually... There, yeah. But as a general rule, there's never ever been a instance of me needing to watch pornography or any of that and being in a group setting of people and you know, that's that's like never really yeah. been a thing. Um I'll just say the military is a different world. But <laughs> uh it's as a general rule, you don't do that. Like that's yeah. not something you do. It's a something that's that's very private and very um, shame filled. And so, it's it, it causes you to um, pull away. Yeah. Like you pull away from yourself. You pull away from mm-hmm. your friends, your family, um, and addiction in general. When it's something negative like that, that induces shame and condemnation, it always causes you, it pressures you into isolation, and it pressures you into um, forsaking relationships, and and um, it, it blinds you to yourself, and it blinds you to what you're, you know, called to do, and it mm-hmm. blinds you to who you really are. Yeah. And it it literally like pulls like a a wool over your eyes and and you you just start what's called I, I you know la- navel gazing mm-hmm. you just start looking down and everything's always terrible you, you your mood's affected your your chemicals are imbalanced like all these things mm-hmm. it's crazy just how much stuff just stems from this whole. Um, topic of sexuality and pornography and, and everything and just how much it affects you and yeah. it's true with any any drug yeah yeah and and obviously you know we're we're primarily talking about porn and yeah. sex and that type of thing but it's applicable yeah it's applicable to all these different things that we might chase for any any form of gratification and mm-hmm. i mean we've seen a rampant rise in the normality of marijuana usage and yeah. and other drugs and like I'm, I don't want to get into an argument <laughs> yeah. you know with anybody or or rile anyone up like you know I have I have my certain beliefs and things that I've I've seen you know uh, around me and even from you know people close to me their experiences um, yeah with those things but you know these these types of things these addictions of any kind when they're negative, and self-seeking and selfish 
um, they disconnect us and will cause us to disconnect, like you said, from who we really are. Yeah. And I saw that in my own life that I numbed myself. Like, I, I was in a Christian home, a healthy space. Like, I knew God, I loved God, like, all this stuff. And this one thing, this one little thing that the yeah. enemy, like, started to, to do in me, and I, I became addicted to pornography numbed me completely from my relationship with God, from my relationship with my family, my relationship with people. Like, I mean, it took me like six, seven years, like to admit to my very best friend that I was addicted to porn, pornography. Yeah. Like, and I knew he was the whole time and he talked about it and we talked about it yeah. and it was like, it was a conversation. There was plenty of safety for me to talk about it, yeah. but I was, I was so numb to it and I was so, I was like so disconnected from who I actually was and what I actually knew I needed in the, in the form of real connection with people and with God that I like thought I'd be okay. Yeah. Just to, like you know, put up that wall and not actually talk about it and not actually be open mm -hmm. and have the conversation. And, yeah. It, I mean, it led to some not fun stuff and, like, you know, pornography and masturbation addiction led to sex and sex addiction and, mm -hmm. you know, me being a player and, and mm -hmm. hurting people and, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a fun place to be, and you know I know there's there's girls that I've hurt mm -hmm. because of my choices, and my heart breaks. You know that, you know, like, man. We need each other, and we need accountability, and we yeah. need like intimacy with Jesus, you know, to walk this journey out and walk it out in a healthy way, and yeah. 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 And maybe you're like, well, I, you know, haven't ever hurt anybody with my uh, addiction to pornography or me watching porn doesn't affect anybody else. Well, I'll just say, like, what about your family? Like, I know, I know that they may accept you and all that, but it still, it still hurts them. Yeah. It hurts you, it hurts them. And then, you know, what about future relationships? Yeah. It it will it literally like blocks you from connecting. Mm -hmm. So like say you get a relationship. What happens then? Yeah. I mean, even like you said earlier, so many people believe, well, when I get married or I find the right person, I won't need this porn thing anymore. And even if you're the person like Josh, it like, well, when I was in a relationship, yeah. I didn't watch porn. It still has remapped yes. and rewired your brain to view that person in a certain way that it affects every aspect of that yeah. relationship that we objectify and we make things about us and how can I become satisfied yeah. in this relationship when the reality is relationships are designed in a healthy way to be about serving the other person that like Jesus was a perfect example. Yeah. Like the Bible says that we as husbands are commanded to love our wives like Christ loved the church. And what did he do that he came and he laid his life down yeah. 
the beautiful marriage, beautiful relationship, and even beautiful friendships are ones where each party is saying, hey, I lay my life down for this other person, that I actually love you. That, like, love is not selfish. (laughs) Love is not self-seeking. That love is saying it's sacrificial, it's patient, it's kind. You know, these things that I can attest that I did not walk in (laughs) when I was in a relationship addicted to pornography. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, and uh, so good. Like, even when I wasn't, like, I can look back on that relationship and I I can see, like, wow, I was totally selfish, that whole relationship. And, like, every time we were together, there was not a single time where we actually connected. Yeah. And, um, like, there was, there was nothing that, there was like no real connection. And so looking back on it, like I was always like, why, you know, why did we not work out and everything? And it's like, no, cause neither one of us really knew the other person. Yeah. And I, like, I thought that we did in the moment, mm-hmm. but it was all so superficial and external that even the physical wasn't really connecting. Yeah. That it was almost like separated from me. Yeah. And it it's just astounding. Like, yeah, even though I didn't deal with any sort of pornographic addiction or anything during that time, I was not me in that relationship. And it still killed the relationship. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Russell shared that quote in that video we were watching. Um, he said, we think porn is a problem because we see too much. when in reality, it's a problem because we see too little. Mm. And I think that carries over into, you know, un- unhealthy sexual relationships, you know, yeah. before marriage. Um, that it's, it's, not an, it's not an issue because we're seeing too much. It's an issue because it's too shallow. Because yeah. we're not seeing enough because we were made for real connection yeah. with people. We were made to actually like know and be known. Yeah. And that's not something that happens super quickly. That's not something that happens overnight. And that's not something that happens just because you take your clothes off. Yeah. And I was, uh, I brought up earlier, I want to actually read, there's a quote from a book I've been reading. Uh, it's actually a reference to another book. Uh, it's the, the book is A Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, but he references a, uh, a book called The Three Mile an Hour God. And I thought about this quote in this reference earlier um, because I believe so much of the issue of pornography, and I think it was Russell again talking about Mm -hmm. it in that video, is that uh, pornography has caused us to, um, like, get the sexual gratification so quickly and so fast and so easy, and it's so, like, just at the click of a button yeah. have it right and it, it's translated into how we think and view sex mm-hmm. and how we view like um, our, our f- false view of vulnerability and connection and intimacy yeah. is so quick and so fast and uh, I think um, let me let me just let me just read this actually 
uh, in his book, Three Mile an Hour God, the late Japanese theologian, I'm going to butcher his name, Kosuke Koyama, put this language around it. He says, God walks slowly because he is love. If he is not love, he would have gone much faster. Love has its speed. It is an inner speed. It is a spiritual speed. It is a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It is slow, yet it is Lord over all other speeds, since it is the speed of love. And I think it's absolutely true. And this beautiful idea that, man, real love. I mean, what is the first thing First Corinthians 13 says? Love, love is, is patient. patient. Right? Like, love is not in a hurry. Love is not, what does 1 Corinthians 13 say again? Love is not self-seeking, yeah. right? And we've, we've traded out real intimacy and real love for this false sense of connection and intimacy through yeah. pornography and through sexual addictions. And yeah. it's imperative for us as people to actually have real love and real connection in our relationships. And I'm not just talking about with a significant other yeah. or our husband or wife, but in every relationship, in my friendships, yeah. I want there to be real love yeah. that is patient, that is like, I'm in this with you. Yeah. I'm going to walk this thing out. Man. Yeah, dude, I, I know that, um, for instance, Isaiah, I know Isaiah is going to be an amazing husband because he knows how to be an amazing friend. Yeah. I know how I know you are going to be an amazing husband because you know how to be an amazing friend. And I know I'm going to be Thanks, an bro. amazing husband because I also have learned how to be an amazing friend. Yeah. And so people who are so obsessed and focused on re- finding a relationship and and jumping into a relationship it's like slow down. Yeah. Uh, you know, take it easy. Like learn how to be a good friend first. Learn how to be a uh, a good friend to yourself. Learn how to be a good friend to the person that's across from you. Yeah. And from there you're going to be able to uh learn what it means to be a good a good husband. Like obviously I know that None of the three of us are like we know it all. Yeah. Like that's no. absolutely not not true. No. Um, but I do know that we have a fantastic foundation for learning. Yeah. What it'll mean. Totally, man. I. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was also thinking like there's porn has twisted so many of our minds and convinced us and i mean i think even some of my thought processes was like and you shared in your story is like you didn't know this stuff and so that was the only place you could quote unquote learn things oh yeah right um and we've been convinced that if i can become good like i don't want to be vulgar but if i can become good at sex the physical act of sex if i can do this well and you know get my phd in it yeah yeah if i can make her feel good yeah or and vice versa yeah she'll want me she'll stay with me if i can satisfy her all this stuff and um i 
like I haven't stepped into a season of marriage where I can like actually speak to this from experience, but from what I've learned and from what I've gleaned from people who have walked it out, they will tell you, and I want you to know that your ability to have a healthy, exciting, beautiful sex life comes from your ability to actually love selflessly and to really love and really be connected, that it's the actual depth of intimacy and emotional connection and spiritual connection that actually leads to the most amazing physical connection. That you talk to any married couple who's, you know, walked through these different seasons, they'll tell you the sex actually gets better. That it wasn't when the hormones were driving us in our 20s that the sex was the best. It was actually when we had learned to love each other in our 30s and 40s and we had been together and spent time together and invested in one another. And this is the the lie that we've been fed in a culture that we can satisfy our sexual needs and desires in an instant and in a moment, whether it's pornography or whether it's a hookup or whatever culture is telling you is good and right and all this stuff. And we, we leave those moments feeling empty and wanting it again. And it just, just starts the pattern over again. When in reality we were made for this love kind of life, this slower pace of, and I'm going to actually learn what it means to be connected with you. I'm mm. actually going to learn, like, I'm really going to know you. Mm. You know, I'm not just going to be able to read your profile on social media, but yeah. I'm really going to know you and spend time getting to know you and invest in you. And, you know, uh, this is what I want to see for, you know, our culture, for I, I want to see in our generation that we can we can do this thing in a healthy way that we can actually example what it means and and the beautiful thing is yes you and I both we've done things wrong <laughs> we've hurt people we've messed up absolutely but man God is so redemptive and so redeeming and even though did things wrong in the past like hey the bible says his mercies are new every morning yeah that I just want to I just want all the shame to be removed off of your life and the, the reality is you've been given a fresh start each and every day and you can start now. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to that choosing, mm-hmm. choosing every day. Yeah. Each day is a new day. It's a fresh day. It's a, a new start. And yesterday doesn't mean that today is going to be the way yesterday was. Yeah. What you did yesterday can be broken off today. Yeah. And it can continue to be broken off tomorrow, and the next day, and the next week. Mm-hmm. So, the idea that you're stuck in something is completely a lie. It's totally wrong and erroneous. And yeah. um, you were made for freedom, and you were made to rewire your brain to be addicted to the right things. Yeah. And be addicted to healthy things and things that will grow you. Healthy relationships. Healthy connections. Um, I've, I had a co-worker one time who, uh, I told him, we were talking about stuff and, and I told him that I had a, a lot of friends who were girls. And he instantly thought like, oh, I was sleeping with all of them. Mm-hmm. And... 
I'm like, no, dude, like, it's amazing having actual friends who are girls who you don't feel like you need to chase at all. Mm-hmm. Who you don't feel like you need to, um, you know, try to impress or put on a show so that they'll want you physically. Yeah. Like, it's incredible to have just friends. And he, like, laughed it off because it's such a foreign concept. Mm-hmm. The fact that guys and girls can be friends, and there's actually uh, a uh, belief, and it's pervasive everywhere in the church and, and the world that guys and girls can't be friends because of um, this whole sexual thing. And that's totally wrong. Yeah. It's totally wrong. Uh, I'm living proof, Kendall is living proof, mm-hmm. that that is a complete and utter BS lie. Yeah. It's total BS. Yeah. Um, you were designed for connection that was deeper than your skin. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, we were made we were made for connection. I mean we we can go back to the beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden. What what is the, the Bible says they were naked and unashamed. Yeah. That this was the beginning point of humanity that even with their nakedness in front of one another, there was no shame because there was real connection and real intimacy. And this is what we were made for. This is what we were designed for. And you mentioned a a moment ago uh, this idea of choice, and I wanted to to talk about kind of as we we close that um, when I finally opened up about pornography and the sexual addiction and, and all those things. Um, I was having a conversation with my dad and he's like, son, there's going to come a point. Cause I was, I was beginning to walk this thing out and I'd like do good for a month. Yeah. I'd like dad, I, I, I watched porn again. I masturbated, whatever. Um, and he, 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 I remember a couple times he just sat me down and he just said, sim- super simply said, son, there's going to have to come a day when you simply make a choice to never do it again. Yeah. And it messed with me so much because I was like, like, Dad, don't you get it? Like, it's something I I've been addicted to. Yeah, I've been addicted to it. Like, <laughs> I'm choosing, I'm doing good, and then, like, I slip up, something happens or whatever. Um, and I, like, I don't want to, like, there's no shame and no guilt. Like, for both of us, it was a, it was a process. It wasn't like a, yeah. One day woke up, well, never again kind of thing. But all of a sudden, there was that day yeah. when we're like, oh, wow. Like, I haven't looked at porn, right? Yeah. And so I'm not saying it's going to be a miraculous day where you wake up. Like, I don't think there will ever be time when you, like, just wake up and there's never an urge again. Yeah. The temptation will come. The Bible tells us that clearly. <laughs> yeah. Like, we will be tempted. But what do you do when that temptation comes? And that's where I would say, yeah. make a choice. Just make a decision that, hey, I value myself and I value other people way too much yeah. to give into this thing that you are worth being free. And that like, man, I mean, I, we could go into all the statistics and details and you know how porn actually funds sex trafficking and yeah. All this stuff and the the brutal, horrific situations that girls can find themselves in, 
and 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 guys find themselves in yeah. in that industry and world and you know like but regardless of of any of those things like for you as an individual you're too valuable you are worth way more than some skin deep you know fake connection and intimacy you're worth way more than that that you were designed for real intimacy real connection with people yeah yeah and i also want to say to um any of our girl listeners that uh you may not struggle unnecessarily with this whole porn thing even though that's on the rise as well there's I think oh, it's, it's like sixty or seventy percent of women. Yeah, or maybe admitted, even more nowadays. Yeah, admitted to watching you know pornography on a regular basis. Yeah. But like, you don't need to give a guy anything to make him love you. The the truth is, yeah. and something that I've learned just as a man is like, a lot of times guys will be be like, ah, oh, you know, she wouldn't give it up, so. You know, mm-hmm. we broke up, and it's like, <laughs> if that's the case, he can stay single. Yeah. He does not need a woman in his life. You don't need to feel any pressure to perform or do anything to yeah. be loved. You are deserving of love just the way you are, and you're deserving of value, and you're deserving of honor, and you're deserving uh, of being waited for. Yeah. That love is patient. That if there's real love, then it's worth waiting for. Yeah. There's uh, something I've read girls connect through sex, guys connect through pursuit. Yeah, I believe it was the connected life. Uh, Probably. Yeah. But it's. It's super, super important. So like Josh was saying, for you young girls, don't give it up outside of covenant. Like, just wait, be patient. Trust me in this, that there's something that you were designed and wired to actually connect through the, through that sexual act and, yeah. and through sex and, and, and finding intimacy there. And for you young men, do not do not chase that do not go after that before covenant and before marriage like i don't i don't want to sound like i'm trying to beat anybody over the yeah. head with something but this is important and i'm speaking from experience yeah and and from what we have walked through that you as guys don't feel number 1 don't feel like you need to do that to prove yourself a man or chase that or anything like that that you can walk in purity and not give in to those sexual desires and the pornography and all that stuff. And that you're, you like, this is the, uh, this is like the modern day, like rite of passage almost. Yeah. Becoming a man in so many ways, I feel like that walking into freedom in this area is kind of like our, our modern day, you got to go out into the jungle and kill a tiger kind yeah. of thing. Like, this is kind of the way it is. And then you as guys understand the value of the pursuit yeah. and the chase. That that's where you build the connection and you build the intimacy. And so value that pursuit, value that season that you're not chasing sex. 
You're not pursuing some physical gratification. You're pursuing real intimacy and real connection and real relationship. And that is far, far more valuable, far more valuable than a fleeting moment of, yeah, of sex. Yeah. I mean, if you're, man, if you're, if you're chasing that, it's like, it's not worth, not worth having. Yeah. If that's what you're chasing, that's what you're after. And, and, um, also I do want to say like most of the time I see when, you know, girls do feel that pressure and do give in, they end up breaking up anyway. Like when he's done, he's done. Yeah. And that, and so this, because the pursuits, because the pursuit's there's over. no pursuit. Yeah. Cause it's over at that point. Yeah. There's we, no pursuit. We somehow, we somehow have been convinced that sex is the end goal. Yeah. And, and so, that sex is for men. Yeah. It's not. It's really not. Yeah. We don't need to. It's great. Yeah. But it's not for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true, man. It's true. And there's there's been a lie that has really, really crept up the last number of years that girls have been, primarily women, have been wanting to convince other women and girls that they can take the power back when yeah. it comes to sex and that if they do whatever they want with their bodies and, you know, live whatever kind of lifestyle they think they want to live, that then they become powerful and they take the power away from men because, you know, they've been hurt and damaged or wounded by wounded men. And so there's been this perceived power struggle. Yeah. When it comes to sex and that, you know, guys have dominated and taken advantage and used women. And so now women are looking to basically do the same thing and manipulate and do whatever they want and, and all this stuff when, man, it's just hurt people, hurting yeah. people. And we were made for real relationship and we were made for real connection and all this sexual stuff outside of real covenant, real commitment to another person uh, will not satisfy it just leads to more brokenness and more yeah. more emptiness. Yeah. There's a a word for love means or it's a ahava, a h a v a. I believe it's a Hebrew word for love. Uh, maybe it's Greek. I should actually look that up and know mm-hmm. for sure. But it it basically means it's this I'm never going to leave kind of love. Yeah. Like I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. And that's the kind of love that leads to real healthy sexuality when it's in the context of covenant and marriage that I'm committed to you and you're committed to me. And even even in the context of friendships and covenant friendships like we see in the Bible with David and Jonathan or like I believe Josh, you and I have, that the reality is like regardless of what happens, if you're a big dummy tomorrow or <laughs> I'm a big idiot next it week, it happens all the time. <laughs> I know that you're committed to our friendship yeah. and I'm committed to our friendship. Absolutely. And I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to quit. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm not getting any sex out of it. Yeah, there's literally <laughs> nothing in it for either of us. No, no, no. That, I don't know if I needed to or should have said that. Yeah. Or should have said that, but I did. Yeah. And it is what it is. Yeah. But obviously there's a lot we can talk about and a lot of things that I think need to be talked about. And this is probably a topic we'll 
circle back to and talk about more. And I mean, there's more to our stories that we could have dove, dove into and whatnot. Yeah. But um, like we said at the at the top of this thing, like we really want this to maybe this can be a catalyst for you to begin to have some more conversations yeah. and talk to people in your life and connect with people. And, you know, I want to encourage you from my own story. Don't wait 10 years. Yeah. Talk to somebody, be open. There's no shame. There's no guilt in it. That's the enemy trying to keep you from opening up and actually finding freedom. Yeah. So. Perfect. 100%. 100. <laughs> 100. Yeah, dude. Well, I believe that's all the time we have for today. It is, it is. Ladies and gentlemen. Man, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. If you do have um, any response to this episode that you want to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love to. You can connect with us on Instagram at podcast.uncovered. Um, if you have anything else in correlation with this topic that you'd like for us to discuss and look at. And we have some stuff down the road that we're excited to talk about and we'll be talking about that I'm sure we'll connect with this in some manner. But, um, yeah, if you have any any feedback, any thoughts, anything you'd like us to to talk about or uh, anything from our own stories that you feel would be beneficial for us to share, I'd love to hear from you there. yeah, if, you, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you want to uh, rate this podcast or leave a comment, that would be awesome. We'd love that. Um, feel free to share this with somebody if you think it would benefit them. And we're thankful for all of you. Yeah. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, Our man. stands. Our stands. Be safe. Be healthy. Yep, yep. Love you all. You guys are amazing. Have an incredible week. Yep. We will catch you next time.